Welcome to the Strategic Planning Podcast with financial coach Mike Flanders. With more than 40 years of experience in the financial services industry, Mike knows the X's and O's that'll help you achieve your financial goals. It's time for the Strategic Planning Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome into Strategic Planning with Mike Flanders and myself talking investing, finance, and retirement with Mike. And this is our St. Patty's Day edition. We're dropping this podcast out on St. Patrick's Day. So happy St. Patty's Day to you if you go in for that sort of thing. Mike, how you doing? Are you a St. Patty's Day kind of person? Um, you know, I, you just remind me of it. <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> so no green beer for you? <laughs> oh, no, no, no my, not for me. I can't. You know what? I'm not a beer drinker anyway, but uh, something about green beer just seems really it unappealing. Just doesn't sound interesting, does no, it? <laughs> but my wife will do it. She'll she'll have one. You know, you got like uh, Chicago where they dye the uh, what the river green, dye the river green. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, and so like I, Chicago usually has a big deal about St. Patty's Day. Savannah supposed to supposedly has a really awesome St. Patty's Day. Oh, really? Uh, festivities I and New Orleans. I think of the yeah. three, I'm definitely going to go with either Savannah or New Orleans versus Chicago, Chicago. in March. <laughs> Right, right. You know, yeah, Chicago. Exactly. I, I lived in Chicago once upon a time. Chicago in March. I, I think I'll take Savannah. So it is a little chilly there. Can be yeah. a little chilly. And of well, course, here it's a little. Uh, what do you, what would you call upside it? Upside down, uh, tossy. I don't know. It's something. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah, weather's crazy. Got it's, that pollen going. We're both kind of struggling. Uh, yes, with exactly. More than me, but uh, yeah, pollen's been. <laughs> it's starting already. Well, yeah. I saw something the other day. It was pretty funny. It said Mother Nature's just tossing out temperatures like it's Powerball numbers, right? Sixty-three, <laughs> seventeen, twenty-five, place, yeah. <laughs> eighty-one. It really is. It really is. It it really big is. swings every day. It seems like all over the place. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, well, good. Any like case. the stock market. Well, like this. There you go. Look at that segue. That's nice. Like oh, we're going to talk God. about the voice of greed actually uh, mm-hmm. here on this podcast and how to maybe fight against it. Uh, the market certainly right now is reminding us about that little voice of greed. The last couple of years we've been listening to him, right? Um, yes. You could pick an index over the last couple of years and you probably did pretty good. Because, uh, you know, what was it, uh, 20 plus percent this past year for 21? I think it was almost 30 and 20. So, you know, so a lot of growth the last several years. But right now we're starting to kind of see, you know, some different things happening. And so how do you recognize that voice of greed and fight against it, you know, in those times? So I've got some pretty blanketed statements here, Mike, that people we've taken from the industry in general. We hear these kinds of things on the regular. And let's just talk about how we can recognize it and maybe combat it. Okay. Okay. All right. So we'll just start with the market. So the market's doing great, right? It's been doing great the last couple of years. So it's easy to talk yourself into, let's get a little more aggressive so we can take advantage of that growth. And again, the last three years we've been seeing that. And I think as 22 rolled in upon us, maybe maybe a lot of people were still weighted a little more aggressively than they would like to be now that they're seeing volatility. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, People that are more active with their investments, making decisions to make moves based on you know what they're hearing or what they're expecting the market to do, um, based on any number of, of factors they might be uh, considering. Um, yeah, they, they very well could have been moving gradually uh, more and more to an aggressive stance. I remember back in uh, the late '90s, from 1995 to '99, the market was just gangbusters. For U.S. large companies, particularly or anything U.S., and um, it was the dot-com uh, craze and all that kind of stuff. Right. And uh, I remember a group of uh, clients, uh, a pension plan I was handling for them at the time, and they just wanted to get out of any bonds in their portfolio and get into 
the stuff that was hot, they saw that opportunity and, and, uh, you know, it was it greed, you know, probably, uh, you know, to jump on that and, and ride it. And, you know, I tried to resist that with them and help them see why, you know, making those kinds of moves based on a future prediction uh, had had really no basis in fact. I mean, you, nobody can predict the future. I mean, they might have been right. They might have been wrong. Well, as it turned out, they did it late in the game. And I, I just had to I let them go uh, because I, I don't do that kind of thing. You right. know, I'm not going to help someone destroy their their wealth. <laughs> so <laughs> right. uh, they they jumped on it and, and uh, went and did it on their own or, or something. I'm not sure. And um, I assume that they rode that thing uh down some, if not all the way with the crash of 2000, mm, but, yeah. uh, you know, and, 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 you know, not that, it, that we didn't write it down, but we wrote it down diversified so that we were still rebalancing right. as it went down and buying stuff cheaper and cheaper so that when it turned and went back up, it, it magnified the returns. But, uh, you know, if you were riding some of those things, uh, JDP Uniphase, I remember the big hot one. And of course, EMC square and, all all kind of tech companies that you're probably sitting there saying, "Who in the world is that?" Yeah, well, they, they went bust, right? Yeah, <laughs> and but they weren't they were hot uh, and darlings of that era, and um, there were a lot of them that are just no longer around um, that just got caught up in that and people chasing those things. So yeah, the markets can look really good, and it's it's very easy to get caught up in the recency of what's been going on, have a bias that it's going to continue that way. Uh, into the future and um, make some moves that are not necessarily good. It's better to hold tight in a in a mix that you're comfortable with the volatility level and let the market give you its return as you go through there. So right, right, and, and yeah, again, it's pretty easy to talk ourselves into like, well, let's squeak out a little bit more, right, Michael? Especially oh, yeah. when it's been doing good the last couple of years. But that's what happens, you know. We get lulled to sleep. We're enjoying it. Then mm-hmm. January, well, the first quarter of 22 happens, basically, right? Right. And we start going, right. eh, <laughs> get me out of mm-hmm. here, right? Right. So exactly. you got to recognize the voice of greed and hopefully recognize it before. Now, granted, it's not been horrible dips this year. It's just been a lot of volatility, right? We haven't seen mm-hmm. any, any mm-hmm. massive plummets. I think technically, what are we, 10 per, I think we are into a correction. I think we've seen 10%. On the S and P, and I believe right. the Nasdaq officially qualifies as a bear. I think it got to twenty plus. Uh, okay, but, but either way, right? You know, it's it's you start to panic, and then you start to make those wrong moves. So recognizing right. the voice agreed ahead of time is a good idea. Um, oh, it sure is. You kind of mentioned that hot thing, Mike. That's the next one I had on there. You know, it's like, well, the person on such and such channel or such and such show. They, they really know what they're talking about. And I want to get in on, on that before, you know, everybody else figures it out. And that kind of thinking is, is that greedy kind of, it's not that, that little devil on your shoulder, right? Telling you to keep doing it. <laughs> it's never right. a good idea because by the time, let's be honest, by the time you hear it, it's yes. no longer a hot tip. Yeah. It's not a secret. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not anything that you should take action on because, um, it, quite frankly, if they're telling you about it, they don't know what's really going to happen. They're just uh, they're just selling advice at that point, and they're they're not making any uh, statements that that they would actually go out and do something about probably because they know that they should have already done it before they're sitting there talking about it. Uh, it's it's a little late to get in the game at that point. Yeah. yeah. So um, you know it's it's like the old thing. You know, people go to a party and. They, they talk about their winners and the things that they've done real well at. Nobody walks in and says, hey, let me tell you about all the money I lost in this company I invested in the other day. You know, it's talk. They talk about right, the things yeah. that, they, that are hot. And, and most of these people on CNBC and the other 
shows or, you know, it's things that they have invested in and they're pumping it. And almost reminds me of the uh, uh, boiler room uh, type things that were off of Wall Street where people would uh, pump these uh, penny stocks and get on, uh, get their uh, investors into them and then start pumping it to run the price up. And then they dump and mm-hmm. get out mm-hmm. at the high. And then with all the selling, it would cause the, the stock to drop, but Hey, that's okay. They got their people in and out and that's all they cared about. Yeah, so. exactly. Exactly. Well, you know, it's uh, it's one of those things where, again, another little place where we can try to recognize that voice agreed. Is, and right now, Mike, it's been a lot around crypto with that, right? We, we're yes. hearing somebody say, uh, you know, somebody says, oh, crypto this or crypto that. And you're like, I want to get in on that before it gets out of control. Well, it's out of control. So, yes. <laughs> you know, so again, just try to bear that in mind. Um, this one's kind of funny to me a little bit because I can I have a little funny anecdote that goes with this. So times sometimes with that voice of greed, it's, well, my neighbor's doing really well or my neighbor mm-hmm. or my buddy at church or whatever, we were chatting and, and they're in better shape than I am for retirement, you know, or whatever the case is. So I, I need to catch up, right? You're you're doing the whole keeping up with the Joneses. Well, in my case, the person that I sometimes think about and do that towards, their last name is Jones. So I'm literally <laughs> trying to keep up with the Joneses and that's never a good right. idea. <laughs> it isn't. Yeah. You know, you, you don't ever really know somebody's situation. So to start measuring and making that your standard is right. really risky. Yeah, how much do they owe? What if they got way more debt than you or whatever? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do they get there and, and and so forth? And how are they positioned now? But yeah, the, it's it's nice to hit a home run here and there. You know, we, we talked about baseball, I think, last time we, we were recording this. And uh, it, it is fun. But, you know, there's this, it's a lot of strikeouts. There's a lot of mistakes that are made mm-hmm. when you're really trying to play catch up and getting really aggressive. And the thing that's really dangerous there is when you do um, have a, a bad run of it, and if you're trying to catch up swings and, and avoid downturns and all that kind of stuff, when you when you have a, a, a something go against you, you tend to try and make an adjustment to uh, recoup quickly. And that's typically the wrong thing. You know, it's, it's just goes and, and you continue to drive it down. I don't know how many uh, all-star money managers of mutual funds and, and things like that have um, lost their jobs, lost their companies, uh, because that's exactly what they did. They had been on a streak and then all of a sudden they made a mistake and they reacted to try and correct that. And it magnified the issue. And um, they finally just got to the point where they destroyed the portfolios. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, trying to hit home runs, trying to recover, all that kind of stuff, it, it just doesn't make sense. It's better to take the long view, do what's prudent for you, what you can live with. And, um, you know, if it's not going to get you there in a time frame that maybe you thought would get you there, maybe you just readjust and think in terms of either one let me cut expenses, save more so I can get there at the same time, but I just invest more money or two, maybe I just delay a year or two and, and give myself some more time to accumulate and, yeah. and let it grow. Yeah. So, you know, don't think you got to hit the grand slam. Very true. Well, so Mike, uh, next one here on our list of uh, recognizing the voice of greed, the emergency fund in the bank just isn't making me any money. Maybe I yeah. should do something else with it. So it's not just collecting dust. Well, now, the feds are talking about ticking things up, so that might bring those rates up just a little bit here and there. But let's be honest. If you're thinking about trying to do anything to keep up with current inflation, nothing that the bank product is going to offer you is going to get you to 8%, right? 
right? Yeah. So you can just yeah, forget exactly. that no matter what the Fed does, unless they jump back into the 70, late 70s where we're, you know, <laughs> like 16%, you know, interest rates or something. So yeah. anyway, so people wind up looking for, uh, maybe they sacrificed their emergency fund, I guess is where I'm going with this, for mm-hmm. a little bit more um, aggressive approach to make some money on that cash. Right. That is always a... Um a real pressure for people that have accumulated. And, and sometimes you've got too much money in an emergency fund um, and, and need to consider readjusting that and, and think in terms of really how much have I ever needed to dip into this? And uh, maybe I need to cut back and, and get some of it invested. But if it's three to six months of expenses, you probably ought to leave it there and uh, yep, you're not making anything on it. Yep, you're going backwards in, in terms of inflation, but that's the money that's there for quick, necessary needs. Now, I, I'm, some people feel comfortable. I, I happen to feel comfortable having that money invested, um, to some of it, not all of it, but some of that money invested and uh, knowing that I can liquidate it in a couple of days. But you can liquidate something. And if you have too much exposed uh, to markets that have more volatility and you get into a downturn like we are now, mm-hmm. uh, you may not want to be liquidating it for that quick <laughs> right. need. Right, yeah. So that's why you want to have something that's not going to uh, destroy, uh, the, and I shouldn't say destroy, but uh, you know, just really hurt your uh, investment pocket there by having to sell it when it's down yeah. because you don't have any other sources of cash. So it's just, it's just for that sort of thing. And you got to Got to have that that vision of that. For sure. Well, a lot of time, I mean, vision goes a long way uh, in a good retirement strategy. And that typically is mm-hmm. hopefully what you're going to get with working with a professional. So the two of you can craft that vision for, uh, or the three of you, right? if it's a couple, whatever the case might be, but to craft that vision of, uh, you know, your retirement. So the final yeah. one I've got here, Mike, on the voice of greed is, Again, the last several years, you know, the DIY thing has obviously been doing well. We've been on a, basically a bull run for 12 plus years or so. You know, so people might say, well, I'm better off doing it myself instead of giving away my hard earned money to an advisor to help me. And I got a couple of points on this. Well, for, first of all, one is over the last three years, uh, like I said, we we just said earlier, the market's done really well at, by the time the year closes out. You could have thrown a dart at an index and done okay, right? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. but... When you start to transition to retirement, it gets a lot more complicated. And so when it's when the rocky times happen, when people start going, well, maybe I do need a pro, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, I, I know early on in my career, I needed a pro uh, because sure. I thought I could pick the right place to be at the right time and all that kind of stuff. And, and you know, almost the, the idea of throwing the dart. And I just didn't make any money. I mean, yeah, yeah, I'd make some money on this, but then I'd give it away on the next thing. Mm-hmm. And um you know, when I finally did get somebody else to sit down with me who was in the business of right. financial advice and all, and they they just really helped me um, go through and think about how money works. And, and doggone, I was a professional for so many years, and I just didn't quite frankly know how money works. And that's, that's a real problem for uh, a lot of uh, advisors out there. We, we tend not to spend the time on it because this industry is so much about pushing product. And um, so it, 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 you avoid some of those hard lessons. That's awesome but, of you to say that, Mike, though. I mean, I appreciate you sharing that because that takes a uh, lot for people to admit, right? But I mean, hey, you worked through it and you got better. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and once you, you understand some of those things, then you're in a better position to help people avoid the same problems. Yeah. I mean, you've seen it, you've done it and all that kind of stuff. Right. <laughs> but, you know, it's... it's You've walked the walk, so to speak. It is. And it's interesting. Vanguard did a study. I was going to say that. Ago. That was my second point. Go, go really? ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> well, they did a study and... um they, they were looking at um, their funds, you know, they're, they're big indexers, but they have some active managed funds and all that kind of stuff, but uh-huh. their funds and, and people that went in and used their funds and how and measured how they performed with the funds and their decisions on how they invested and all that. And then they took advisors mm-hmm. uh, that used Vanguard's funds to manage money. And when they measured the difference between the two groups, they found about a 3% better return from those that were advised by an advisor. And it wasn't just because, you know, the advisor knows how to pick better funds than you do. You know, he knows which indexes to be in at the right time or anything like that. Right. But it had some of it had to do with just the, the ability to help you make good decisions in other areas of your life that yeah. impacts how you use money. And Sometimes getting out of your own way, right? Exactly. Yeah. And so there, there's some value there that it's hard to measure. You know, I, I always tell people, hey, uh, the, this is what the, it costs for us to manage your money. And, uh, you know, it's 1% fee here. And then uh, the money manager we use is 35 basis points. And then the funds themselves have an underlying cost of mm-hmm. five basis points. You know, so all in, you're 140. Well, you know, how often do you see that in, in commission-based products where it's two, three, four percent uh, loads on stuff? So you end up with a situation where you're trying to make a decision about doing it yourself and saving maybe one yeah, percent or some yeah. number like that. And if you had the advice, you might save yourself in another area that might be worth two, three percent. You know, on top of that, so it's it's. Um, it's a decision everybody has to make, and some people just really enjoy doing it themselves. And if they do, great. That's fine. Uh, exactly. Just, just be aware. Yeah. Be yeah. Exactly. There's be aware a, of the risk. And there's that. a lot that you don't know when you transition to retirement. And again, we right. talked. We did a podcast not too long about that. But you could, you know, you could certainly spend the time doing it. But is that really how you want to spend your retirement? Do you want to spend mm-hmm. your time, you know, basically creating a second career where you're becoming a financial planner on your own? <laughs> because mm-hmm. right. you know, right. instead of re- being retired, you're chasing all this information down. So yeah, it's a personal decision everybody's got to make. And I, I'm glad you brought up the Vanguard thing because typically it's a lot of times they're one of the lowest. Uh, you know, costs out there that you can cost go space. through. Yeah. And so people, yep. and, and if that company is saying, Hey, even we found that advisors do bring value to the table, then it's certainly mm-hmm. something to think about if you're one of these DIY type of people. So that's going to do it this yes. week for the podcast. Like, so recognizing the voice of greed, uh, it's hard sometimes to kick that little devil off your shoulder. Cause we all get a little greedy at times. We want to make a little bit more, but when it, you know, when it gets choppy out there, we, we, we start to get a little nervous. So if you've got some questions, reach out to Mike, give him a jingle, stop by, uh, subscribe to the podcast, whatever you need. You can find all that information at Mike's website, spcinvesting.com. That is spcinvesting.com. Mike's got more than 40 plus years helping people get to and through retirement if you're not already working with him. Mike, thanks for hanging out with me. I guess no green beer for us today, but uh, make sure you enjoy your, I don't know, have some corned beef and cabbage or something. There you go. Uh, What is it? A Reuben sandwich. There you go. Reuben, that'll work. That'll work. And we'll see you next time here on Strategic Planning with Mike Flanders.
information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.